Songwriting is truly this muscle that we just need to work out every day. So then when we do have those beautiful inspiration moments, we have the wherewithal to carry it out because it's so easy to be inspired and sing a line and sing a note and have like a chorus. But it's like, did, can we sit down and finish it? You know what I mean? Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Episode 205. 205. 205. That sounds I don't know like why a, I'm surprised. That sounds like an area code. That sounds like an area code, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like two, 204 is Manitoba, so that's close enough. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I got to go looking online. Yeah, where's 204? Uh, 205. 205, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sound surprised every time. Like every time, I'm like, wow, two, 201, 203, 205. It's. It just amazes me. That I think we've done I th- so many. Yeah, I think I was amazed at fifty. Then I was amazed at a hundred, and we had a special hundredth episode yeah, yeah. where we were actually surprised. Our producers uh, had previously got many of the artists that we um, that's right had previously on the on the uh, podcast and brought them back for some special you know notes of encouragement and whatnot. And we didn't know. We didn't know going into this. Right. But, you yeah. know, we were showing up in the recording studio and they had all this stuff lined up and we had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Uh, which was which was a nice surprise. But we've had fun. a lot of great surprises over the episodes too with some great guests, some inspirational mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Um and and they Every time we finish a conversation with someone, it's like, wow, I didn't expect that. Right. You know? Like, yes. for everybody. It, it, <laughs> like, maybe I'm just really shallow or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you know? I, I thought you were going to say, we've had some great surprises, great guests, great conversations, and a pandemic. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's changed the way we do things on the podcast as well, That's right? That's right. Like, yeah, we started sure. in person in the same studio, then we moved where I was in one studio, you were in another studio with glass partition. And now we've been recording for the last several months where I'm in studio, you're in your home studio. We're looking at each other on FaceTime and, (laughs) and recording this thing. And then our guests are either using the same technology or they're on the phone. Um, It's sometimes it's weird, you know, (laughs) but, but I love technology, right? You know, if it's forcing people to take advantage of the new technology that's out there, I, I think that part is good, although I do like the face-to-face. To me, that's just yeah, yeah. that much more meaningful. Listen, we've got a great episode this week. Our guest is Anna Golden, and you know she is not new uh, to the ent- entertainment industry. She grew up in it, uh, and then she moved into the CCM world. She's relatively new in that scene, so we're going to hear about her journey and, and how she's learned the ropes. We're going to get to that in just a bit on Between the Grooves, but before we get to that... I got to say, Drew, I've said this before, my favorite season is summer. Yes. And the reason why summer is such a great season, for me anyways, is because you can just 
throw on the shorts, put on the sandals, walk out, and do what you're going to do. You don't have to put on a coat. You don't have to put on a scarf, mittens. You don't have to, you know, put on winter boots like we do in Canada. You can just walk out, and the temperature's either the same as in your house or warmer, and it's just that very casual attitude. So having said that, when you've got gigs, do you ever just Mm -hmm. show up in shorts, shorts and a T-shirt? Because I know you have this persona about you. You you very often look like a Johnny Cash, right? Right. And right. so how does that, you know, if you're going on stage, uh, and, it, and especially if it's an outdoor thing, yeah. and it's really hot, summertime yeah. tends to be like that. Do yeah. you do you do the full get up or do you just, you know what, forget it. Short sandals, that's it. So for me, it depends on the gig. If I'm going out there as like Drew Brown, the singer songwriter, yeah, yeah, no, I'll stay in my 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 my, my jeans and all that stuff. I'll do the full getup for yeah. sure every time, every time. But if I'm if I'm doing like a covers gig where I'm just like meet a bunch of friends and we're just playing a bunch of random songs, then yeah, I'll be as comfortable as I possibly can. So I'm like full on shorts and, and grubby t shirt. I don't really care. Hat, sunglasses, it doesn't matter. Um, I just want to have fun and enjoy myself. You could change your persona. You can you instead of I the could. instead of the Drew Brown black jeans, black jacket, that sort of yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah. You could yeah. actually be the shorts and sandals guy. But understand, you'd have to do that all year long. And that's the thing. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing like, wrong yeah, with it. I, I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> Who's doing it now, right? If you yeah, think yeah, about yeah. all the artists yeah. that are out there, and some of them will put a hat on, and that's their yes. kind of their signature their look, thing. right? That's right. Um, yep. Who's out there that's just doing shorts and sandals? I don't, is there anybody I think, doing that? I think like I think Dave Matthews still does shorts and sandals. Okay, okay. I don't think he even pays attention to what he wears. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like I woke up like this. Here I am right, at the show. Right. Um, and I think Ed Sheeran. I don't know anymore, but he used to be that guy. Kind of like he'd wake up, put whatever he had on, and walk right on stage. Right. Um, to the point where he would do that for like larger events too. And so he'd be standing with Beyonce, who's like fully like done up, looking like, you know, a full gown. Right. And he's like, hey, I got a T-shirt and shorts. Hi. Right. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have a problem with that mm. if, yeah. if they're talented and, and their talent makes up for their right. looks. Right. Because sometimes right. the persona right. is part of their. Yes. Part of their music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's their uh, brand. It's their story. Yeah. yeah all that. Yeah. But, but if they don't need that because they're so talented, you know, like if the Beatles. Right. If they ever right. decided to just go casual. Now, they, they had that, you know, I would say clean look. They didn't really have a clean look for, for their day and age. Uh, they were actually, you know, long haired hippies in a sense. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but they still looked uniform as a group. Yes. Yes. I think they could get away with not looking uniform and be more right. casual. Right. Right. So I don't know that every artist could necessarily do it. But Drew, you could. I could. Thank you for saying that. And maybe I will. Maybe I will. There you Thank go. You, brother. There All you right. go. Okay. All right. I don't know why we're talking about this, but anyways. Show off my legs, with, my, co- my COVID legs. Looking good. I When I'm showing off my legs, it's just to really show how scrawny and white they look. <laughs> my wife complains I never tan on my legs. Well, sorry. <laughs> I still like the shorts, though. There we go. So if you don't like there what you see, sorry. <laughs> Again, I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> Listen, it's time to get to our conversation with Anna Golden. Uh, She's a relatively new CCM artist, uh, recently signed, uh, but very, very talented. 
And part of that talent, I think, is because of the fact that she's grown up in the entertainment industry. So she knows how to work the room. She knows what's expected from her as an artist. And sometimes that's big a big learning curve for many new artists out there so uh, she has the upper hand in that sense but you know she's now getting into the whole singing and performing uh stuff that perhaps she didn't do uh before especially in the christian world and so uh, we're going to get into this conversation and this is this is a conversation you don't want to miss you're going to want to check out this full episode with anna golden on between the grooves Drew is, Drew is, uh, this is James. Drew is here as well. Hey, hey, hey. And, awesome. Hey, guys. And Anna is with us. Awesome. Woohoo. Uh, Drew, everything okay with your kids? <laughs> we're, we're doing, Anna, oh, Drew, Drew is also uh, remote. He's in his home studio right now. I'm at the radio station and uh, he just sent me a text about a broken window. The kids have no idea how it happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm, I was sitting here. I was sitting here. I'm all I can hear, Daddy, Daddy, the window broke. I'm like, Oh my gosh! So I get up and go over there, and it's not as bad as it sounds. But yeah, they. I think they were like. It's like I thought it was a glass. It was just like the screen, the thing that you turn for the screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, to open up like mm. the screen window that broke, but it broke completely off. So right. the window is like outside hanging down. Right, right. And so I was like, yeah, here's Lord. how you fix it. And uh, now you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it just magically happened by itself. But that's the thing. I'm like, how did it happen? I don't know. I'm like, no. Okay. So that's <laughs> I hear you. that's worse than the window falling off. You just lying. Little... <laughs> Your kids would Terrible. never lie, Drew. Never, never lie. Never. I've never lied in my life. Sorry, we're a little off on a tangent there, Anna. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Totally, you guys are totally fine. My, my boyfriend's mom keeps calling me. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a weird morning for everybody. I'm like, hey, I'm in an interview. <laughs> what's going on? Monday morning, nothing wrong happens on a Monday yeah. morning. Nothing wrong. Ever, ever. Never. Yeah. Oh, well, right. Anna, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I love an interview with no video. You guys, I've been doing so many, doing oh. so many interviews that are uh, via Zoom, and you know, there's yes. only so much. Only now, so many shirts you can wear with sweatpants. Te- technically, exactly. <laughs> technically, right. techni- you know what I mean? <laughs> Drew and yeah, I are totally. on te- Drew and I are on video because uh, that way we can see each other and and I can make faces yes. at him and make him laugh or whatever. But but that's just that's a right. FaceTime thing. We're recording separately for the podcast, so. Mm, got it. Yeah. So you guys are just have, audio. Huh? That's right. From the podcast. Cool. That's right. Yes. Yes. Have we worn pants all year though? Oh, uh, I haven't <laughs> needed. I haven't needed to because, again, just yeah. an audio thing. Yeah. So, there we go. Pants are optional. In fact, yeah. pants yeah. are optional yeah. to listen to this thing too. Just so you know. Yeah. Thankfully. Honestly, since the pandemic, I don't know what a pair of jeans feels like. So. <laughs> right. Like totally. Now, if people are listening, call. if people are listening in their up. car, I would suggest maybe pants are helpful. Oh, uh, for sure. You know, I mean, uh, it depends on what kind of pants, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what kind of car? Like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that actually reminds me, Drew. I remember when I was a, when I was a teenager, I was in school. We went on a class trip. So we're from 
basically Toronto, Canada, and we went on a class trip to Washington, D.C. Ooh, that's cool. So a nice long drive, wow. you know, some stops yeah. on the way. It was like one of these once-in-a-lifetime trips, you know, to go for, yeah. you know, what are you going to learn at the end of the school year, right? <laughs> Washington, <laughs> yeah, D.C. Yeah, exactly. So we went it's to all the museums. Yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so we went to all the museums and all the sites and everything else, and I remember a friend of mine, uh, he was this blue-eyed um, you know, I would say handsome young man uh, that okay. the girls were always attracted to him. And he meets this girl in Washington, D.C. Uh-oh. And uh, and it was so so funny. It reminds me of going on vacation, like on a cruise or whatever, because it's mm-hmm. it's just the mindset of people. One of the first questions she asked him was, what kind of car does your daddy drive? Oh, gosh, of course. And I remember going on vacations on a cruise or whatnot, and you're sitting at this table where a whole bunch of people are there with you as well, yes. and, and a lot of Americans, a lot yes. of people from different countries. And the conversation always revolved around, what kind of car do you drive? What do you do for a living? And right. um, what was the third thing? Um, that, that's the main thing. And then, like, like what's, your, what's your golf game like or something like that? Like, all this... this <laughs> what's your this, golf game like? This, yeah. you know, unimportant yeah. stuff, you know, to get yeah. to know people, you know? Right. Yeah. Now so, it's probably yeah. like, what's your Enneagram number? Well, yeah, that, that's true, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. what, what is your number? <laughs> My Enneagram number? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an eight, actually. I'm an eight wing seven. So it's like I am a monster, but I do know how to have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. Very strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very strong-willed individual. <laughs> really could run anybody over if I'm in bad space. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Literally, like if you go on the Enneagram websites and you read, there's like nine levels of health, right? Yes. And um, yes. like the most unhealthy nine can be like a sociopath murderer. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, who wants to hear that? Like, an nobody wants to admit like, that is what it is, right? No, truly. right. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, am I That's capable right. of that? Um, like an unhealthy two yes. is like manipulative and like an unhealthy eight right. is a mass murderer. So that's fine. That's so <laughs> anyway, so it. starting off on it. a great note, what are you guys Sorry. in? You well, you know, we're, we're getting to know, <laughs> we're getting to know the real Anna Golden. Oh yeah. Like, like this is, this is stuff you won't hear anywhere else. Right. <laughs> Listen, we're all off the press. It's Monday morning. We're ready to run it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you've had quite an interesting few years, if I can say. Um, oh, yeah. Can you uh, can we start, I guess, by taking us back to four years ago to that life-changing email? Oh, from Tasha, yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Okay, so I was in Las Vegas, and I was with my family. It's like, what, what family vacations in Las Vegas? Mine. I wasn't even 21, so it was like, we couldn't even get in anywhere. Like, you know, like you can't even walk through a restaurant in Vegas at 21. Anyway, I remember like opening my phone and receiving this email from Tasha. And you know, it's funny. I looked up this in my email the other day. Um, and it was like, I, I thought I'd signed up for some sort of, um, like a know, mailing, like mailing list or something. Yeah. 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 Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More spam. You know, That's right. Like classic case. Hey, worship leader. Love for you to be a part of my blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, just scrolling through. And then it was like personalized. And it was like, said something about um, her loving my EP and wanting me to be. And I was like, 
much. And then I remember I went on Instagram and she had like followed me and commented on some of my stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. And I was like floored. I was elated really. And um, Tasha was someone that I've always really admired from afar. And I just loved, I loved her ministry so much. And I'm a big believer of like virtual mentors, you know, not everybody in your life can be like hands on. So I was always like, she's she's like one of my virtual mentors, right? So they pretty much watched every interview or message she would speak or things like that. Um, Listen to all of her, all of her albums, just love to watch her lead worship and just glean from whatever I could. So I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Um, experience. I'm just like, okay, yeah, for sure. And I remember just being like so floored that they're like, yeah, we're gonna pay your way. And I was like, what? I was like, I'd pay to come. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll pay to be there. You know what I mean? Um, and so yeah, and I'm like 20. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is this is riveting. So I got to Atlanta, and I remember showing up to Doppler Studios. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, and I met Kenny, her husband. And Kenny and I, I had never seen Kenny before. They had just gotten married. And he was like, oh, my gosh, are you Anna? Like, I love your music so much. And I was like, oh, my gosh, someone here, like, like listens to my music. I remember just being like, so, like, wow, okay. And then it happened to be uh, Tasha's husband. And then, like, from the minute I met both of them, it was just kind of instantaneous, just this, like, draw, of like, oh, like, we're supposed to be in each other's lives. And then the morning of the recording, she had, like, a gang of worship leaders, kind of, like, so it was a live in-studio record, and that was, like, the live audience, low-key, but we all, like, learned the songs and learned parts and whatever. So, like, a choir, almost. Mm-hmm. And then the morning of the recording, she was like, hey, I'd actually love for you to be on one of the songs. I want you to be featured. And I was like, my first thing in my head was like, oh my gosh, we haven't rehearsed this at all. Like we'd been rehearsing for days and all the features every day would go through all their songs. I was like, ah. And I was just so, I was so amped. And um, like us singing it, it was like the first time we actually sang it together with the band. It was the one on the record. And it was just an incredible experience. And then from there, like, honestly, we've been so involved in each other's lives. And I was just, and I remember her telling me at the recording, she's like, um, how how she just feels so drawn to me and, and to pull out what the Lord has in me. And she's like, everything I have access to is yours. And I was like, oh my God, like the, like the greatest thing you could ever hear from someone you like lean from. And I was like, oh wow, this is incredible. And then uh, from there, just, I mean, now I'm the first artist on her imprint label. We both moved to Greenville, South Carolina, um, actually not too long after that. Uh, and I got to serve under her every like, day in day out as a worship pastor so that was really cool just just like our relationship kind of got accelerated a bit so and then now here we are releasing my first album on her imprint label yeah and quite a whirlwind if you ask me i mean that wasn't that far you know that wasn't far that far ago you know that many years ago if you could go Mm -hmm. back five years before all this happened what would you say to yourself (laughs) relax (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because i i love when people ask the question like what would you tell yourself or younger self i'm like probably just relax (laughs) i think that i was always so focused on like okay lord what's next what's going on like and i think god god is so faithful to just teach your heart how to be still while he's in the midst of doing something um and that is something that 
I am continuously learning. I'm just like, hey, chill out. Like I feel like that's how like the Lord speaks to me. You know, I'm an eight, so we 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 just we speak it straight. So it's like relax, calm down. Like everything's gonna work out how it how it's supposed to. I had some mentors in my life that kind of just turned out not to be the best people, as people can often be. People can be trash. I mean, I'm sure I've been trashed to other people before as well. And like, um, I think I'd kind of lost a lot of hope in that like um, direct person above me, that leadership role in my life. And I think that meeting Tasha and like just seeing that role just be really restored in my life was just something that happened that was really beautiful. Um, and her and I have been able to talk about that. Just, just like the importance of accountability and I don't know that that relationship has just been super, super vital. So it doesn't even feel like that's only been four years ago. I feel like I've known her my entire life. <laughs> yeah, that that happens a lot, though, when you're when you've been doing it. It seems like you've done so much already in that right. short amount of time. It just seems like the time is stretched uh, and everything else. And you also had something happen too, uh, where you were doing, I guess it was um, like a an IG story or, or whatever you were doing a song with your sister and Selena Gomez. Uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, so Selena, Liz, my sister was, um, Selena's like personal assistant for a long time. They were friends. And then, um, it was like one of those things where it's like, come work for me. And then they like lived together and had all that fun stuff. And, um, before quarantine happened, I actually went out to Los Angeles and then ended up getting, quarantined with them in LA and we just were you know kind of just showing the day ins and the day outs of what we we had going on and part of that was definitely worship and trying to remain sane right so um yeah one morning Selena woke up and was like hey like I I really love this song it just came out it was the blessing it had come out like right before we had filmed that and she's like um let's let's see it and let's let's um kind of just share some peace with our followers I was like okay dope so yeah, so that was cool. Um, just you know, classic quarantine, trying to spread a little bit of spread a little bit of Jesus during that time. I remember that was like super hectic, especially being in Los Angeles at the beginning of lockdown. I remember when they like announced it, we were like sitting down watching it on TV, just being like, "Is this real life?" <laughs> and like then going back to South Carolina, it still wasn't it wasn't as ten- intense. Like like LA, it felt like oh, this is like a different world. Like they took just a lot of precautions and um, uh, definitely was something we, we needed to do. Felt like. I think that's a really cool, I mean, not the pandemic side of things, but I think uh, the uh, having these kind of opportunities <laughs> like Selena and like Tasha, and th- that's really cool and unique and like brag worthy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's really, <laughs> it's really cool. And it's very, and not, it's very, it's, these are natural connections. You know, these are just kind of like, mm-hmm. um, these things sort of just happen, which is wonderful. I'm curious as someone who has never been around people that big before me, um, <laughs> what, what, like, what are some of the things you might've learned from their own work ethic or for how they approach the music industry or how they protect themselves from the industry? Do you have any learnings? Um, yeah, I mean, I, when I was younger, um, my brother and I did stuff with like radio Disney and Disney channel and all that fun stuff. So I started in mainstream, mainstream industry when I was young. Um, and I think that it's cool to be around other people with the same, um, background and also like, obviously hers is really, really elevated, but, um, I don't know. I think, I think that it's, it's encouraging 
to see others that start and have like been able to still remain good people. And I would say that's like the biggest thing that I, um, I would say her necessarily. Um, I don't know. It, it is inspiring. Like I love, I love being around other creatives and just people who are, are doing what they feel like their life's call and their purposes. Um, but I think I'm, I'm think I'm inspired by anybody who's just doing that, not necessarily even on that large scale. I don't know if that makes sense. I think because I was just around it so much when I was young that um, I don't know if I don't know if like the success or fame necessarily holds any sort of importance to me, but just the humanity of someone and the way that that can be protected and preserved throughout that pedestal of being elevated. I think that's the like the biggest thing that I I can glean from from certain people like that. I'm like, Hey, that's so cool that you were able to just keep who you are because man, it, like being in the industry since you're a little kid, it can be really attacked just your innocence yeah. and um, you're just being a person <laughs> like, like and not being treated like a brand or a machine or um, a product. But um, so I think that that's something that I would say I, I, I gleaned from her just, you know, just still just being just a great, great individual like above everything else, like beyond any accolades. What about on the work ethic side of things? I, I find, you know, I, I, I know of this guy who's sort of been a mentor in my life. He's, he's uh, a previous pastor. And I, you know, years, years, years ago, uh, I had learned that, he, you know, if he had to show up for a meeting, um, he would always have like a notepad with him or a device with him, and he'd be he'd be working like he's in the waiting room, waiting waiting for this meeting with whoever he's meeting with, and so he's using that downtime of all of five minutes or seven minutes or even fifteen minutes uh, while he's waiting to meet with whoever he's meeting with, and he'd be scribbling stuff down like you know notes, mm-hmm. writing notes, you know maybe it's a to do list or whatever. He was always working. He was always he was always focused and everything else. What's that been like for you over the last few years? Um, just like work ethic wise, yeah, man. I mean, I talk about this all the time since, since I did start like low key having a career since I was man 12 or, or younger. Um, I felt like I've always been like this little micro adult. that's like always working, always on the grind, always thinking of very media trained, all that good stuff. Um, and then when I had kind of made the decision to really just be in um, worship music when I was 16, I remember having this moment with the Lord being like, I don't know if I'm ever going to release worship music. That was never um, a goal of mine. Worship was always so just felt such like a safe place and really sacred because none of the attention was on me. And I kind of had this moment with the Lord of being like, Hey, I don't want to market myself anymore necessarily. I'll always be diligent with, with the gifts and the talents that you've given me. And I always work on that and craft that. But as far as like this um, networking, knowing how to work a room, all that, I was like, I think I just, I don't want to do that anymore. I've done it since I was a little kid. And I just, I don't want to have strategic relationships, anything like that. And I felt the Lord really tell me like, Hey, if you're faithful um, with what I'm giving you, then I'll always open the opportunity. So I definitely, I'm a really, really hard worker. Like, um, anyone who knows me, I'm constantly um, just trying to find new creative ways to spread what we get to create. I'm really, really into like those kind of tactics and things like that. But uh, I think I'm just more diligent on like the creative side of things. I try to be really, really hard. Um, I think the pandemic was really a really crazy learning experience as far as work ethic 
because it felt like um, you're doing all this busy work in your mind, but you can't actually put your hands to certain things necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it's certainly different. Like you have to yeah. be able to approach yeah. things completely different from before. Oh my totally. gosh, it was just, it was such a different uh, learning curve, which at first I was a little panicky about. And I was like, wait, how is this going to, how is this going to happen? Especially like signing on the label, releasing um, my first single, and then having a plan to release an album soon after that, not being able to. And then you have this whole idea, you know, you're like, you sit down, you're like, okay, we're going to release a single, then we're going to release the record. And then we're going to, of course, we're going to tour it. Yeah. And then it was this time of like, well, is touring even going to happen again? And then it was like, okay, well, how are you going to suffice? What's going to um, take that place? Like, how are you going to promote something when you can't actually be anywhere? And uh, it just created a whole different learning curve, I think, for me and the whole team. And it was just, I don't know, it's, it's really cool. I, I love being able to love what I do. So I feel like I'm working all the time, but it doesn't necessarily feel like work, especially the creative sides of things. But of course, sometimes you have to get get on your hands and knees and get in the thick of it and being like, I'm an artist, but I still have to do all the all the other stuff. Um, so it's been cool, especially my whole life. I've been independent. So um, that coming alongside a label and seeing the differences and and having that sometimes they're like, hey, you're acting like you're independent. You have a whole team behind you. Because I'll be like, all right, I have this whole thing put together. I have it mm-hmm. all worked out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been super, super different. And then since the release of the record, it's been really cool. I've been able to like produce and direct some music videos. And like I creative directed the entire record. Did, so, did, you, um, did you find it difficult uh, as far as any contractual obligations from the label, you, you know, because obviously you sign on the dotted line and, and <laughs> you're responsible for certain things. They are responsible for certain things. Did you find with the pandemic specifically that you perhaps couldn't achieve what their expectations were or vice versa? You know, it's um, it's different. It's super different going from independent to a label. There's a lot more if I were to explain, there's just a lot more steps to everything. So I'm used to independent, you let's, okay, let's get a producer together. Or if we wanted to film a video, right? Like, let's just get it all going. And then I'll create the product and then I'll put it out. Right. And then there's just a lot of, a lot more procedures, especially with all the precautions with COVID um, and having to go through corporations a lot based in the West coast with all of their stipulations so that was definitely um, something different that I haven't had to think of. Again, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to do a shoot, then we need to have a nurse on hand. And when you're independent, you don't think of things like that. You know what I right, mean? Right. Like, you're like, right, what? Exactly. Like, why Just bring the first aid kit that? and you're fine. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. About. Exactly. Um, so there's definitely, there's definitely a little bit of that, that learning curve on my end that I had to be like, okay, I can't operate as if I'm the only one doing anything. Um, and I'm, I'm naturally, I like to get things done. I like to get things done quick and really well. And normally it's just been me and my team that I've had to fill in on things. Um, so that's been the, the learning curve on my side of just having to go through all the steps over communicating things, making sure we're logging everything that's going on. Um, but there's just been so many incredible benefits. And I would say like my, my favorite thing too, is that Tasha being um, the head of the label has just been so dope because she's been through it and she's done it before. And she's like trailblazed so much of this. 
and she trusts me immensely, like my vision. And there's never been a time. And I think that's definitely why I chose to go with Tasha and then my um, the other label head, EJ and Monica. They're just really spirit filled and led by what the Lord wants to do. And I've never had to sit down and had a conversation of like, no, but I feel this. And they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. You know what I mean? There's, I've never run into that, which is super beautiful because I know, um, I know people can run in, into that issue of like, hey, but, but I'm, but I feel like the Lord's leading me here. It's like, oh, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. that doesn't make sense for us. I've never had that issue at all. So I, I feel really, really blessed. If anything, they're just like, uh, think about this a little more. Maybe, maybe think about the reach, the audience we're going for, um, just on a wider scale, things like that. So I think, I think it's really elevated the way that I do things more than anything. I, I don't think necessarily it's put me in a in a cage or a box by any means. It sounds like the rest of the team, though, it forces you to consider other perspectives. I mean, you have your way of doing things and how you've always done totally. it. You've got the team that surrounds you, but now you've got other perspectives and other ideas that. Um, you know, will obviously stretch you as well and make everything better overall. Oh, a hundred percent. Like the more, the more minds you have on something, a more like worldview, life view. I think it's just so, it's so beautiful. It's almost like songwriting, um, co-writing versus just writing by yourself all the time. You know what I mean? There's only so Mm -hmm. many things you can say from your perspective all the time. And to get someone else to come alongside you, who's, been in the game so long who's done this and like it can also like ease a lot of the different things I I think it's so cool that I've been able to have like a team to lean on like I said I'm naturally just like this like eights are known for being like you know little bulldozer workers (laughs) I'm just like like I'm always working and you need to do it how I do it and just being able to like be a little more open-minded and having a team behind me that is that is working just as hard as I am and is just just as passionate as I am too, which is so lucky. And I know that's not the case for everybody who's signed. And I feel feel really fortunate that that I have a team that's so passionate. The flip flip side to all of that, Anna, is uh, the more people that are involved, uh, I'm thinking of a meeting, for instance, if you have to have a meeting with people, the more people in the Mm -hmm. meeting, the longer the meeting goes. And that could be a real drag too, right? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's that's fun. That's always a fun thing. I would say that the best part about um, just like how I work on things is I'll write something or something. I'll be like, we need to release it now. And they're like, we're not going to, it's not how that works. Right. <laughs> like right, now we have right. to plan things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, we have other releases happening. I'm like, oh, okay. Just, just a little trigger happy on things like that. That's good though. That they, yeah. they, uh, you know, rein you in a little bit, uh, because they're, oh, yeah. they're looking at the big picture and, and sometimes, you know, especially with your, um, you know, the fact that you've got, you were previously independent kind of doing your own thing. You could, as you said earlier, do whatever you want, whenever you wanted, as fast as you wanted. But just looking at now versus, you know, six months down the road or whatever. Totally. Just being paced and like um, looking at things from a little wider scope. If it was up to me, I'd probably, I I could probably put out an album every three months. (laughs) It's just like, they would just get so lost in everything. You know, it's like, let's go quality over quantity, you know? That's it. I have, I'm completely independent and I know like I've, Finally, I went through this year of not really writing a whole lot, and now I feel the music's coming. 
So I have all these new songs. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, oh, I can just drop this right now. I can just pull Beyonce uh-huh. and just do it. And I'm like, <laughs> I got the album art ready to go. I got everything ready to go. And I'm like, why don't I just sleep on this? Because I think tomorrow mm-hmm. the the producer, you know, Drew will show up and be like, slow your roll, kiddo. <laughs> you really? might want to plan and actually make a campaign around this. And so I did. Oh, I totally. Stop. Like, right? And I'm like, That's wow, why I'm so every- glad I just pull the trigger. Every artist, I feel like, has to come alongside someone who's, like, super administrative to be like, hey, okay, let's, let's rate it in. Because when, like, when an artist is so passionate about something, it's like, the world needs this immediately. <laughs> like, <all right. laughs> like, I find myself doing that or, like, moving on quick. And I'm like, oh, I've had these songs forever. Let's keep moving on. It's like, these are old to you but new to literally the entire world. Yeah. So we're That's still right. going to release this. You know what I mean? Just that like perspective, that voice of reason. Because uh, yeah, we can get so hot and cold on things. <laughs> Many times have we chatted? Drew and I have chatted with people where you know we talk about a song that they've just released, and mm-hmm. they wrote the song three years ago, and they've been singing it in exactly. their church for the last two, and it's not right. really That's it's right. not really new to them, but. <laughs> Of course, they're trying to make it new for everyone else, right? It's yeah. difficult. That that That's would right. be a difficult thing to do for any artist, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, it's different. There's um, there's a song that I have on the record called New Sound that we started, um, my co-writer and I, we started that years and years ago and then like revisited it when we were putting together all the album tracks. I was like, you remember that song? And then we kind of like revamped it a little bit. But it's so interesting to see like some of them, I, at the recording, there was one that I was like, wrote a bridge to it the day of and was like, oh, I, the Lord just gave me this and, and let's put it on the record. And then it's like some started in 2017, which is mind boggling. Yeah. What's your process for writing? Do you have uh, a secret strategy? Like, do you have a little notebook that you write stuff in? Or is it, you know, you just, as you think of ideas, you're you're uh, doing a voice memo on your on your phone or whatever. Like, how do you, how do you normally uh, do that sort of thing? Yeah, I, um, my phone is my greatest asset. I mean, like, what a great era to be in that we have these, like, voice recorders, like, in our pockets whenever we need it and this notepad, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's, anytime I get some sort of inspiration, I'll, I'll put it in a note and um, just jot it down. I try to every single day set aside some time to write. I think that songwriting is 90% muscle memory and 10% inspiration, So it's having the diligence to see the inspiration through. Jeremy Riddle said something um, in a a talk he did one time, and I loved it. And it was, never let the ceiling of your ability cap what the Lord wants to do. And I think that that was something that was really impactful to me. And songwriting is truly this muscle that we just need to work out every day. So then when we do have those beautiful inspiration moments, we have the wherewithal to carry it out. Because it's so easy to be inspired and sing a line and sing a note and have like a chorus. But it's like, did, can we sit down and finish it? You know what I mean? Like that, especially when I was younger, <laughs> yeah. that was something. I had like 300,000 unfinished songs. You know what I mean? And just never took the time to like sit down and have the diligence and finish something. So um, my bit of my process is every day sitting down, working on either something that I was inspired to write or just anything and nine times out of ten it's not all great and it's all it's not all worship music either um i think that i take a different approach to worship music as opposed to um like mainstream music 
mainstream is just kind of this like outpouring of like, I think sometimes my soul or just like processing certain things with worship. Um, I really, normally it comes from a place of worship. I'll sit down and just start worshiping and then um, the Lord will, Lord will give me a song through that or if I'll be in a worship atmosphere, worship night, something like that. And then the Lord will start to give me a concept or idea and then like I'll voice memo it and then take it back to my piano and just kind of work through it. I know that um, normally if, if a worship song is breathed through a worship moment, um, that's always been, I think, my favorite encounters with songs that I've written like that. Those are my favorite Ooh. songs, too, because they're genuine, yeah. right? It's truly just this song that you just felt the Lord singing over you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think those moments are just they're priceless. And I love I love writing with other worship leaders who who have the same um, approach too. We'll just sit down and be like, all right, let's just let's start praying. Let's hear like what the Lord wants to do right now. You know what I mean? Not not always super um, mechanical. Um, every time I sit down to write, I guess this is a practice that I do. Or especially if I'm writing with someone else, I try to ask the room. I'm like, what do we need? Like. What what's a song that you need right now that just yeah, like fills yeah. your soul, opposed to like what's gonna sing really well in a church? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. you can you can strive for this congregational this anthem and then just and it doesn't even connect with you. And I'm always like, if I think that the Lord, I think God gives us our gifts and talents for us first. And uh, like I say this all the time, like if if someone were to cut your arm or something, um, the way that the Lord designed our bodies is for our arms to heal themselves, right? Naturally. Right. Um, and I think that that's how the Lord gave our gifts and talents. So that heals the inner inner parts of us first. And then through that testimony of healing for yourself, then it's sent out. That's why I, I love talking about my record. I love talking about my songs because I'm like, I believe in all of these songs 100% because they healed me first. I'm the prototype. Like the Lord gave me these songs for me, and I know that there's healing power weaved in in every one of them. So, um, just sitting down and writing uh-huh. and being like taking the perspective of saying, "Hey, what do we need? Like right now, what am I going through?" And um, I think it's just so crazy how we're all so connected by the way that we feel and the experiences that we have, even though we all have these different walks of life. It, it all like boils down the same emotions and feelings and um, we'd be so shocked even in specific songs that we write for our situations how transferable it is for other people so um, I try to I try to take that perspective like what do I need and then I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that needs that that's good I, I do I used to do a lot of like songwriting workshops and, and retreats and stuff like that um, specifically around worship music for the church and that was a thing awesome. that I would always start each session with. It's kind of like, okay, so when you think about your church, think about your community, what are the songs that your community needs to hear? Or what are the songs mm-hmm. that you feel are missing from your own sort of, you know, hymn book, if you will? Like the songs that, yeah. man, we need a song that sings about this. Because um, I think finding those needs and finding kind of those spaces are such a great way to begin a session. Like what a what are I, like, man, there's a family that's going through this right here. They need a song that sings about this or to make it personal. Like you said, kind of, I need this song. I need this song yeah. over me. I need to lift the, these words up. And I'm sure other people will re- resonate with that as well. I think trying to kind of fill the need, whether it's your own or whether it's for your community, is a great way to sort of start 
because um, now you're totally. riding on a place of not just passion, but almost as a sense of like desperation for what we need from God. We need him to move in this way. We need him to be seen mm-hmm. in this way. We need to hear him say, S- we need this. And so as we cry out, we invite our community to cry out with us. That's a great way to share, to start the writing process. I've seen totally. some great songs come out of exactly what you said. I love it. I love that so much. You know, you were talking about uh, how the writing of the song is is meant for you personally and how it's, you know, this healing process for you and how, how the body just naturally heals. And what went through my mind when you were talking about that was um, a few weeks back, I was doing some work in my garage and, and I was taking something outside or whatever it was. And I got this sliver in my, in my finger and it was just driving me nuts because you can't ever get that little bit of sliver out. You know, you get part of it out and then it's just there. But what happens naturally is your, your, in this case, it was my finger. Um, the, the skin around it starts puffing up and, and, uh, you know, sort of, I guess, infected. But what it's doing, it's, it's actually pushing the sliver out. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, the sliver just popped out. The rest of it just popped out. And it's just like a natural healing process mm-hmm. in the body. And it's, and it's, it's not that different from the body of Christ when you think about healing um, yeah. and, and the way it works. So yeah, that was, that's uh, quite interesting. That's, the, that's what went through my mind when you were talking about yeah. that. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Like, just the way that we were designed. I think that everything is so strategic. And I'm like, why Why wouldn't our gifts and talents be interweaved in that too? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially just in the Bible, the amount of times that they sent creatives, you know, they sent the worshipers to, to be on front lines, to sing before the king. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These like beautiful moments. And I think that, I think it's all just so intertwined. It's incredible. Wow. That was... Uh... What an insightful conversation! Um, just hearing your perspective on things, Anna, it's it's uh, it's very refreshing, and I'm so happy for you as far as you know what's happened over the last few years. Things that you you know are are basically totally unexpected for you, <laughs> just the way things have happened. <laughs> and you know you've been in the entertainment business for a long time, but but in the worship business, probably a little less time, and then more specifically. Um, recording uh, as a recording artist, uh, even more recently, and and how all things, all these things came together. It's just uh, inspirational for a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. Thank and, you so much. Thank you guys for having me. It's such a great conversation. I love. I could talk about this slime blue in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut Same, me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Well, thank you once again, Anna. Um, mm-hmm. It was fun. It was fun to chat with you, and uh, thanks for hanging with us. Yes. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, God take bless. Take care. Right, you too. Bye. Bye bye. Well, what do you think? She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I, I, I knew of her through the Tasha connection, but yeah. I didn't listen to her music. But I'm now I'm a fan. I'm a fan. She's very well. <laughs> she's wonderful. She's very well grounded, and I was trying to get yes. a feel for how did that come about. Like she's very, um, she's got a lot of experience in the entertainment business. Yeah, you know, as she indicated yeah. with uh, Radio Disney and some of the stuff she she was doing when she was very very young. Yeah, but now taking this route and and. Um, and and just how things have have evolved, and I don't I don't like using the word evolved because I think I think this is God driven, you know. It's yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know things that you could never make happen for yourself, where mm. where it's just 
you know, things have come into place not by her own doing, but by God just intervening exactly. and, and making things yeah. happen. So yeah, it's 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 quite incredible to hear her story and uh, and hear a little bit about her journey and hearing about her songwriting and uh, and 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 her process and all of that as well. So yeah, I I found it interesting sort of listening to that story and and hearing how um, you know as her family was sort of dibbling, uh, dabbling dibbling mm-hmm. uh, sure dabbling <laughs> into um, sort of you know that sense of music in the Hollywood stuff. She was able to just kind of learn and sort of like um, watch them as they did it, and then learn and sort of take it on for herself. And so she, yeah, like you said, like she's really well grounded. And I think she, I love her approach to, you know, writing for the church, which I fully agree, sort of find the need, you know, whether it's in yourself and your community. I think that's such a beautiful and perfect way to kind of walk towards, you know, that creating music and art for your church. Um, kind of fill the need because that's um, a stance of a servant you know yeah. what, what does the church need yeah okay let me meet that need honestly I'm yeah like I said before I'm now a huge fan I can't wait to dig into her music today and you can find out more about Anna and all the music and all the releases coming up on her website AnnaGoldenOfficial.com that's AnnaGoldenOfficial.com there you go you should work in radio it sounded so professional there <laughs> thank you no, but you better you better stick with stick with what you know. Sorry. Oh, sh- dude! <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Our artist advice this week: uh, we are bringing back previous guest and Canadian artists, although living in the Nashville area, Dan Bremness. Baby steps. Don't get so consumed by all the big things, but just do what you can do today. Short and sweet, and uh, he knows what to say, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's, that's right. Just baby yeah, steps. Don't, baby steps. Yeah, don't yeah. don't get so hung up on the big picture. You know, sometimes when you have a big project in front of you, it's easier just to work at it in small chunks. You know, one step at a time. Yeah. yeah. Versus trying to take on this mammoth project that would normally be impossible to do on your own. And you know, we've had other people suggest and and recommend that you know you surround yourself with people that have the ability to help you in the journey but certainly taking those baby steps it makes it more practical to actually achieve the dream to achieve the final result so keeping all your tasks are bite-sized just do what you can today like he said that is so key and just helps maintain a nice healthy relationship with your art and with your work yeah i think it's a smart smart move from dan Thank you, Dan Bremness, for uh, coming back and uh, and giving us some artist advice this week. And that is it for this week's episode of Between the Grooves. Listen, next week's episode, a very, very important episode. Big announcement. Ooh, ooh, I can't wait. Big announcement. So that's what I'm going to say. Ooh. I'm not going to okay, let, okay. uh, let the cat out of the bag, but you'll want to be listening next week for a very, very special episode of Between the Grooves. Until then, until then... <laughs> What's so funny? Until then. <laughs> Until then. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We have new episodes dropping every Monday. And uh, don't forget to share with your friends and uh, and like the episode. Leave us your comments. We love hearing from you. Uh, if you've got questions, ideas, whatnot, we uh, would love to hear them. 
You can find us on social media on uh, Facebook and that other Twitter thing there. <laughs> you can find us at Between Grooves on both platforms. We would love to connect with you, hang out with you, chat with you, and just continue this conversation there. And so uh, find us, follow us. And until then, we'll see you next time right here on Between the Grooves. Oh, 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 oh,